Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the Deliberation Sports Podcast. Coming to you wherever you may be, however you may be listening, man. We definitely appreciate y'all for checking us out once again with another great edition we got coming at you on today. Got a special guest joining us, so y'all stay tuned, man, for this uh, great interview, talking basketball, recruiting, and more, so y'all stay tuned, man. Of course, I am Josh Nidget, along with the Deliberation Sports crew, Evan DeVold and Justice Bolden. We're going to get right into it, man. Uh, just so without any further ado, so y'all have to follow all things deliberation. Justice, tell them how they can do it. Well, first off, they can follow us on Twitter at DeliberationSP1. Also on Instagram and Facebook, we have the Deliberation Sports Podcast and also the Deliberation Sports Community Group. And to subscribe, you can do so via Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Just look for Deliberation Sports Podcast. That's it. That's it. Y'all follow, subscribe, and everything else, man. Check out some of the great past interviews we've done, as well as what we got coming up in the future. So, without any further ado, man, Justice, uh, go ahead and introduce uh, who we got on the show uh, for today. Well, today we have uh, David Bone, uh, who's not only uh, just a basketball aficionado, uh, he's got experience in marketing, but he's currently uh, with Baller TV player outreach and marketing and uh i'm sure he could tell us about some other things that he's got coming up including a new website well he'll, he'll start reporting on this week uh david welcome mm-hmm. to the show hey pleasure being here guys pleasure being on deliberation sports definitely definitely couldn't wait to get on here to talk some hoops and talk a little bit more about west coast guys east coast guys some stuff going on this weekend last weekend and just to recap the whole live period of week one so I know before before we started recording, you mentioned you had a busy weekend uh, with the spring live evaluation period. Tell us a little bit about how how your weekend went. Oh man, um, where can we start? Uh, of course, you know Nike had the EYBL, uh, Adidas had Gauntlet Week One. Um, we had a couple independent circuits with Terrific Twenty Four in Atlanta, Dinos's event. Uh, we had another independent one, Hoop Salem in L.A., Then we had another Pango Spring Live in L.A. So, you know, man, just trying to be in many places at once, you know how week one goes. Wow. I mean, and, and you just talked about a number of uh, different events. Uh, what stood out during the weekend, if you could kind of just go talk about that? Man, um, the most impressive team to me was Texas Titans went undefeated at EYBL. Um, great team led by Cade Cunningham. Cade Cunningham averaged, what, 25 and 6 this last weekend. And then uh, his running mate, Greg Brown, man, that guy's super explosive. Reminds me a bit of of the old version of Rudy Gay. That seems pretty scary. And then um, also in out there, you saw the highest scoring output, Vegas Elite. Man, they, remember people saying West Coast guys were soft? I don't think they're saying that anymore. Uh-oh. Josh Christopher. Yeah, we had Josh Christopher going off 23 and 6. They put up what 130, 140 that first game. Huge statement. Yeah, it is. Hey, uh this is this is Evan, man. Uh I want to get into a uh, a specific player in the 2020 class that's out on the West Coast, man. A lot of Memphis fans uh here locally are paying attention to this guy. Uh, Jalen Green, uh, if you look at various websites, man, they have him as a 
as a Memphis lean, a lot of people think Penny Hardaway get them away from that West Coast. Can you kind of break down to our audience the kind of player Jalen Green is, and and uh, what, what do you think about his game, and do you how do you think his game will translate to the next level? Yeah, Jalen Green off the bat immediately, you see a big guard, six four, six five, handles the rocks, pure athleticism. A lot of people compare him to Russell Westbrook and. That's a fair comparison, even at this age. You know, Russell Westbrook went back when you saw him at Losinger. He was a late bloomer, and he didn't really become the guy who we all see now. So maybe his second year at UCLA. But I think Westbrook's a fair comparison to him, similar in size and their their leaping ability and ability to just create off the dribble is just amazing. Okay, now. I want to um, ask you about a couple more guys. Uh, a couple of guys who got away from the West Coast, man, unfortunately. Uh, Boogie Ellis, who a lot of people thought he was going to end up in San Diego. And then you got Cassius Stanley out of Chesworth, man. Uh, both of these guys are, are top 30 players and heading to uh, Durham, North Carolina, to play under Coach K at Duke University. Talk about those guys' games, man. A couple of guys out of 2019 are from the West Coast. Uh, how do you see those guys' game translating in the ACC at the next level? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I hate that those guys got away from the West Coast, as you saw last year. Uh, similarly, um, we saw uh, James Akinjo go to Georgetown. We saw Kia Clark go to Virginia. So, you know, I hate when local guys, you know, go to the East Coast. But it's kind of hard to turn down that Duke offer, man, once, that, once Coach K comes calling. I don't know how you could just say no to him. But, uh, yeah, Boogie really killed it um he really blew up after on the AU circuit I know he great lead guard great floor general high basketball IQ does a little bit of everything um a lot of things you don't see anymore is a mid-range game and he definitely has that on lock I know analysts will say the mid-range shot nowadays is is like a low percentage shot but you know that's far from true you'll see it all the time you'll need it in college and then Cassius Stanley, man, that's athleticism out of this world. I don't know. If he comes charging at the rim on you on a fast break, you just get out the way. Definitely, definitely, man. And, you know, it, it goes dead silent when he ducks on you, too. <laughs> yeah, you know, those uh, those kids at Sierra Canyon, you know, they brought out a show this last season. At times, you saw Kanye West at the games, Kendall Jenner at the games, the Kardashians. Man, that place was a show up there. And in part, man, it was Cassius Stanley's flying around the gym out there. Oh, yeah. Watching dude, and this is Josh, by the way, but Cassius Stanley, watching him. He is a freak of nature, uh, no question about it. And I want to ask, because I don't know the guy's got some more questions, but I, I want to just, just ask this question here about a guy that uh, we, we actually talked about on the podcast in the past episode, is uh, Evan Mobley out of that area as well, the number one recruit, according to uh, 24-7, that is, in the class of 2020, going to USC. But uh, talk about him. Uh, he, he matched up against, uh, the number one, the 2019 class, James Wiseman, uh, down here, I believe it was in, uh, in Mississippi where the game was played. And that's one of those rare cases where you have two number one, um, recruits out of the separate classes going against each other. Um, so, uh, kind of talk about Evan Mobley, man, and what he is as a player and what do you think he'll bring to the college level immediately? Yeah, Evan, man, 
undisputed number one player class of 2020 to me. Um, fast leaper, has great back to the basket game, has a mid-range and outside game to mix all that up with. And, you know, at some points in some games, it reminds me of a young KG. The way he's able to finish around the basket, the way he he's able to just bring his defenders out in the perimeter as well. Like, that guy is probably once in a generation. You don't see a lot of a lot of six eleven guys that are able to be so smooth with the handle like him and also have the back to the basket and post game. And he he really killed it this last weekend at Gauntlet. And I don't know if you could get any higher than where he is right now, but man, he's to me, he, he actually improved has somehow improved the stock. Wow, that's very something for guys already number one. Uh yeah. <laughs> still be improving his stock is an amazing thing to say. And let me ask you this. You look at um, the different types of players that you're seeing now. How do you feel about what you're seeing from big men nowadays um, on the AAU circuit and, and things of that nature? I know you watch a lot of guys. Do you feel like that, that the big man game is changing from a lot of the young big men that you're seeing coming up now? What, what are you seeing from those guys? Yeah, um, man. So, just give a little background. I'm, I'm about to be 32 this year, so you know, I've lived, I grew up watching 90s basketball. So, you know, I've seen it all from uh, the Davises, the Charles Oakleys. I don't mm -hmm. know if those guys would make it in today's game. The game has evolved so much from the three-point line. So nowadays, if you don't, if you're not able to stretch the defense, sometimes it's just a liability. So it's definitely great to have that outside shot. Definitely good to be able to stretch the guys and so they can't just play off of you every time. Because sometimes you see games where, for example, let's uh, let's use Ben Simmons as an example. They're guarding him like a center nowadays. Like yeah. these guys are almost like, what, free throw line extended area and, or even behind the free throw line daring him to shoot. So nowadays, man, you got to have a jump shot because, you know, you can't just be like a Charles Oakley or a – Antonio Davis just beat guys up anymore. And, 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 you know, David, that's crazy that the game has, has evolved like that to where now those old school bruisers are almost becoming obsolete. But mm -hmm. you mentioned a name earlier that kind of jumped out at me, and it's Greg Brown out of uh, Austin, Texas. Texas, and, uh, of course, which is a home state school along with Kansas, are viewed to be the early leaders. I know Memphis has jumped in uh, due to both Penny Hardaway and Mike Miller. Talk a bit about what you saw from Greg Brown this weekend and, and how he fits in with the modern-day uh, big guy, 6'9", 6 6'10", 6 that can do it all. Yeah, um, Greg Brown, fortunately, I think he went down with an injury the second or third game. But from his from what I did see of him, man, that guy, that guy yeah, he could do it all, like you said. Um, Reminds me, like I said, a lot of a young Rudy Gay. He's like 6'9", 200 pounds. He's, whenever he gets out in transition, terrorizes the rim. And then when you slow it down, he has a decent mid-range game, long-range game. It's really hard to guard like guards like that in the high school level that could just bang out on you at any given moment. And then they also have the outside game where you can't, can't just uh, play back on them like we mentioned earlier. But if you if you if you had to make an early uh, pick, I guess you would. You know what? It's probably too early in his recruitment for me to even go into that. So I guess I'll ask you another question, and that's about uh, not only are you involved with uh, Baller TV, but you also mentioned that uh, you're starting up something new this week or or next week. 
Could you tell us about what you have coming up? Yeah, man. So um have a podcast and a show coming out, Slam and Jam Podcast. You'll be able to see it on YouTube. It'll also be on the Apple, Apple Podcast available to download. But yeah, you know, it's going to be a little mix of everything where we talk to different players, talk to different people involved in the hoop scene. Um, we're going to be talking anything from hoops, uh, scouting, recapping events, and we also mix it up, talk about fashion, current events, you know. Because, you know, I like to give these players a platform as well and not just talk about basketball all the time. You know, some of these guys would like to talk about their lives and what they do. So, you know, just trying to put a platform out there for them to let the world know who they are beyond basketball. Okay, David, that's a good deal, man. You be sure to uh, keep us updated on when, when that's going to drop. Do you have a ballpark figure on what date you think you're going to kind of have that podcast dropping? Yeah, we're actually going to shoot the first episode this weekend, and then we'll be releasing in two weeks. Okay. Good deal, good deal. This is Evan again, by the way, man. i got a couple more uh, questions for you, man. Hey, so <clears throat> I'm going to kind of get into college, if if you're okay with that. Yeah. Uh, UCLA just, just made a, a hire in uh, Mick Cronin. Uh, Mick Cronin, uh, we're very familiar with him uh, here in Memphis for being in the AAC with Cincinnati. Uh nationally that hire it wasn't the quote-unquote sexy hire uh what do you think it would take a mick cronin to win big at ucla oh to win big at ucla you know alford kind of had uh alford actually had a couple good recruiting classes um and it sounds like that wasn't enough you know when you when you live in la people care about what you're currently doing. They don't really care about the past. LA, I feel like it's more of a like, what have you done for me lately type of city. You know, LA is like a New York where people want the immediate gratification. So for Mick Cronin, not only does he have to recruit, but he's going to have to win. Um, Alford put up some subpar numbers the last couple of seasons, went well below expectations. So for Cronin, he's going to have to make the NCAA tournament and at least hit the, at least get out of the first round. He already has a nice, nice class coming back. Um, you got what? You got Sharif coming back, Sharif O'Neal. You got yeah. uh, Tiger Campbell coming back from injury as well. You got uh, David Singleton, Jules Bernard, those guys coming back. I think uh, sounds like Moses Brown, Jalen Hands, and Chris Wilkes are all headed to the NBA, but. You know, there's that new rule this year where if you get undrafted or sign an agent, you can still come back. So you never know with those guys as well. So, yeah, Cronin definitely has 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 a lot of work to do. But at the same time, he has a lot of pieces that he has at his disposal. Okay. And I have two more questions for you, man. I, I kind of wanted to touch back on uh, – I heard you say earlier that you hate that guys like Boogie Ellis and, and Cassius Stanley are, are leaving the West Coast – um, we're kind of we're kind of seeing that hey, the ACC even the SEC in basketball now is producing the Big Twelve. Kansas finally got knocked off the horse in Big Twelve this year, but they're always strong. Tell me what is it going to take for West Coast Pac-12 basketball to get back to where it was five six years ago when Ben Holland was making a Final Four every year at UCLA. Uh, Sean Miller had Arizona rolling. What is it going to take for them to get back to that level? Is it going to take another Pac-12 TV deal? Uh, are we going to have to have earlier games on the West Coast so the rest of the country can see them on ESPN? 
what is it going to take to get West Coast basketball back to prominence and, and honestly where it belongs? Hey, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say West Coast basketball is back, and that's actually going to be across town at USC. If you look at that USC loss and who they have coming in next year, they have Big O from Chino Hills. They have Isaiah Mobley from Rancho Christian. They picked up uh, Ethan Anderson from Fairfax. That's the, that's a true SoCal team right there, and we haven't seen that in a while. So I'm pretty excited to see that, that team go on the floor next season. You got – was that uh that's three that's three that's three guys I've won their division and state before. So that's that's the real soul cow right there at USC. Okay. Um and I want to ask you about one more uh, thing, man. So you real big on West Coast basketball. Um myself, I was down at the Under Armour Live uh events this weekend in Kansas mm-hmm. and I saw a lot of talent up there. A lot of talent. And I got the opportunity to see the West Coast Elite. Uh, I actually got to see them play against Team Charlotte, I believe. It was a 58-55 to win. Are you familiar with that program? If so, kind of hit on uh, what what kind of program is it, some of the guys who are on their team, if you don't mind. Yeah, uh, first off, West Coast Elite, um, yeah, it goes back to the days of – Earl Watson, if you guys remember a few years back, Earl Watson was running an organization with uh, Ryan Silver, who's currently in charge of it now. Uh, shout out to Ryan Silver, by the way. We've covered a lot of his events. But I love that program, man. Um, and first of all, that program, I want to say, is more than just basketball. That program legitimately cares about how you do off the court as well. And what I mean by that is they really care about your grades and really emphasize education. I've, I've been invited to their camps where they're giving out medals and trophies for guys with the 4.0 plus GPAs. And at the West Coast Elite tournaments, you'll see more than just the D1, D2 coaches. You'll see the NAIA. You'll see the higher academic coaches as well because, you know, Ryan Silver and them over there, they really care about your education. And, you know, that's that's great to see because a lot of these kids don't know that, hey, sometimes there's more, there, there is more to life than just basketball. You do need an education and something else to fall back on, you know. So, yeah, shout out to them with that. But, uh, yeah, getting back to basketball, um, last couple of years, I've seen that program produce some great players. Uh, last year, you saw Nico Mannion and uh, Josh Green come out from that program who were both uh, committed to Arizona. Um, yeah, Nico Mannion, great point guard, great creator, someone every every big man or teammate wants to play with because he just finds it with the ball. And then Josh Green, excellent swingman from IMG Academy, athleticism off the charts as well, could hit that corner three, projects to be a great 3 and D guy. Really excited to see them at Arizona. And then uh, just uh, this year, man, they got – I think West Coast, West Coast Elite probably has – is the program with the most teams in the nation. Uh, I believe they have over 20 teams this year. So, yeah, there's a huge number of teams, but, yeah, pretty excited to see all of them, ranging from their higher academic teams all the way to their UAA teams. Um, biggest biggest riser I've seen from them, them is a kid from Oregon. Uh, what's his name? Nathan, Nathan Biddle. I believe he's from a crater. He's a six ten, probably two hundred pounds. Needs to put on some more weight, but a class of twenty twenty one. Yeah, big man, good hands. 
does a little bit of everything. Um, back to the basket game, has a decent mid-range game. Really like him, and you know, I haven't seen haven't seen a lot of guys from the Oregon area in a while, but I think he's the next big one since what? Uh, who's who's the last guy out there? K Love or something? Out in that area. Yeah, so you probably know better than us. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen a lot of haven't seen a lot of big Oregon guys come out of that area for a while. But ever since uh, I believe since since Kevin Love, but yeah, uh, Beno, five star prospect, considered the best player in Oregon because of asset to their West Coast Elite program, and he's gonna he's gonna be able to make some make some waves wherever he goes. I know he has interests uh, from Oregon, Oregon State, and UCLA at the moment. Legit big man. Watch out for him. Yeah, a lot of the best uh, players coming out of the Pacific Northwest are in that uh, Washington, Seattle area. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, definitely. So let me let me ask you this. You know, as far as a, a player, I know a lot of people around here have had their eyes on a lot because of the Memphis connection uh, when it comes to recruiting, that is. Um, R.J. Hampton, class of uh, 2020, uh, I guess you could put an asterisk next to that because it seems like it may or may not be uh, reclassifying uh, the 2019. Uh, I know Memphis is kind of uh, in the lead as far as that's concerned. But talk about R.J. Hampton, man, as a player, uh, if, you've, if you've seen him play, what do you feel about um, him? Yeah, R.J., man, um, I first saw him with uh, Moody A. Elite a couple years ago. And then uh, I know what team is he on now? Uh, is he on Drive Nation or? That is correct. Yeah, he's on Drive Nation now. Yeah, I think he's a great lead guard. He has a six three, six four, great size at point guard. Uh, excellent shooter. Uh, great athleticism. I think he could he could he could really light the light the net on fire, man. That guy has if you if you were playing two K, he would have that microwave icon next to his name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Obvious. Yeah, if he reminds me actually actually uh to give a comparison and to show my age again, reminds me a lot scoring wise of if Eddie House was a was six four and could dunk, I think that would be him. Oh wow. I was talking about lighting the net off fire, that's one thing Eddie House <laughs> can do as far as shooting the ball. Um, yeah, we we all remember uh, Eddie House had that sixty point game in college. I think RJ Hampton is more than capable of hitting a couple of those in his career. Interesting. Now, let me ask you this: on you know, kind of on the similar scale of RJ Hampton related when it comes to uh, recruiting and things of that nature, how have you seen the effect of a uh, Penny Hardaway being at Memphis? Do you feel like you're seeing um, or hearing more talk about Memphis just amongst a lot of recruits, or have you seen an effect that Penny's had on the landscape uh, or the Memphis Tigers are seeing to have back on the landscape of national recruiting um, here and there? Yeah, definitely. Um, Penny's having a tremendous effect on the on the landscape. You know, like he dresses like the kids, has the cool shoes. Like who doesn't want to play for a coach who who teaches the game, but at the end of the day looks like you, dresses like you, and knows knows where you're from and knows your culture. Everyone wants a coach that can relate to them. And you know, with this this generation nowadays, like you know, you can't have those 
old guys just screaming in your face anymore. You know, it's, it's a different, it's a different day and age. So exactly. having, ha- having a guy like Penny's huge. I think she's really going to change things down there in Memphis. So uh, just, uh, I know I, I'm asking an extra question here, but I just thought about it. Do you see any of the other coaches or other teams kind of changing their style because of the way Memphis has been effective or the way Penny has been effective? Or do you see people getting, um, I don't know if I can say nervous or uh, kind of changing the way they do things recruiting-wise? Um, I don't know if it's happening immediately, but that's something I would personally like to see. Definitely want to want to give more opportunities to these younger guys because there's, there's a lot of young coaches out there in both high school and AAU that are trying to make their way up to the next level. Um, I see, for example, I see a coach out there like uh, Julius, Julius uh, V. Lee. He has a head coach of a Cali Stars program. He's a basketball trainer as well. I think he's a guy that would be great at the next level in college. I think he would be able to he, – he relates to the kids, so, you know, he'd be great to have. Um, and then you have a guy like uh, Ruben Williams, uh, who's at Long Beach before. I think he's another guy they could, they could have at the next level. And then uh, you have uh, – who's it? Mo Williams at – I think I you said Northridge or Pepperdine. He's at Northridge. Yeah, you have like a guard like Mo Williams, who people have seen him play in the NBA recently. I think he'd be good. He's he's great for that program. So yeah, definitely you want to see younger guys who the who the young guys could relate to and who have that experience and they've actually seen them and know them. Okay, Dave. Now I've, I've got a, a couple more questions for you, and then Evans is going to close it out. Uh, one of them I had is about a prospect who's also likely to or may have already announced that he will be reclassifying to 2019. And I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. It's uh, Jonathan Wuzang, who I know in the past played with Harvard-Westlake. I'm not sure uh, what, what school he went to this past year, but I know he's with Compton Magic. Can you talk a little bit about his recruiting and how that's shaping up, this six seven guard who's a consensus four-star, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, um, Wuzang, man, Huge, huge fan, and I want to first of all, no, and no bias, just because he's Vietnamese and Creole, just like my family. This is no bias at all, but it, and it's great to see a Vietnamese Creole guy make it because that's gonna be that's that's gonna be who I'm cheering for. But uh, yeah, uh, I know Juzang is down to uh, Kentucky, Virginia, Oregon, and Kansas. Uh, yeah, he's reclassifying. Uh, man, this kid's triple threat game is crazy. I, I don't I don't think there's a better player in high school basketball that uses a triple threat like him. I know uh, he studies a lot of Kobe Bryant and when you see him free throw line extended, his his footwork is just off the charts. I know he's working with uh Pierce Sweat basketball right now, who if you guys are familiar with them, Drew Hanlon had uh trained Bradley Beal. He trained uh, Jordan Clarkson, Zach Levine, Joel Embiid. So definitely he has he's getting some great training, getting getting training from a program that's developed some NBA superstars. So yeah, I'm excited to see Johnny at the next level. Uh Kentucky is so hard to turn down, especially he got that offer. And but I think Vir- somewhere like Virginia would be a great fit for him with with the uh, departures of uh Ty Jerome and Kyle Guy. I think he'll fit right in there with KA Clark and have that once again, that SoCal backcourt, I think he'd be a great fit out there. So, man, anywhere he goes, I know he'll do he'll do great. But 
Yeah, the one thing about him, that triple threat game, footwork, that's something that's hard to teach, and this guy has it down. Good deal. Well, since we're on West Coast hoops, I think I'm going to switch gears a little bit and go up to the NBA. Uh, I got two questions, but I'm either going to ask you, A, about the Lakers and what's going on with them, or B, about the couple series in the West Coast right now. We got one is the Warriors-Houston, and the other is Nuggets. Let me say this, my Nuggets and uh, the Blazers. Let's talk about the playoff series a bit. Give me your take on what you think is going to happen. Oh, that uh, it's a shame that we're seeing Golden State and Houston so early on because I think whoever wins the series wins the NBA Finals. This is the the series to watch right now because these two teams play that, like we mentioned earlier, that current style of basketball. And the closest to perfection is the well, actually, Golden State had perfected in the past, and the closest thing to them is this year's version of Houston. Um, we saw, obviously, in their loss last game, a couple big non-calls down the stretch. But, uh, man, uh, Clint Capella, man, you got to do a little bit more. Can't seems like when he's not getting lobs, kind of just kind of disappears. Yeah. And then, uh, man, Eric Gordon, you got to do better than a four for 13 from three shooting night, man. That'll kill you. Um but yeah, def- definitely. I think that's the series to definitely watch. Um, unfortunately, the Golden State Warriors beat my Clippers, and uh, I know you mentioned the Lakers, but yeah, unfortunate for you to go away from them. A diehard Clipper fan, and man, had an amazing season. Unfortunately, just ran out of steam in the playoffs, but both pretty pretty good for the future. Have about seventy million cap this year, and. Mm-hmm. arguably going to have the best supporting cast in the NBA and the cap space. So as a superstar, I don't know why you wouldn't want to sign here. You get LA and then you get guys like Patrick Beverly backing you up. Um, you got that backcourt of Shamit and SGA, a rookie backcourt at that. And, you know, they're going to be great for years to come. And then man, Montrez Harrell to me, most improved player in the NBA. I don't know when, if Houston saw this coming when they gave him up in the CP3 trade, but Harold, man, big bruiser, tough guy. That's a guy that everyone needs on their team. We've got a lot of bright future because you didn't mention Lou Williams or Danilo Gallinari. So uh, that that means that the Clippers are headed in the right direction, man. I guess I'm going to pass it over to Evan. Uh, He's got a couple questions for you, Dave, before we close it out. Yeah, I actually got uh, two questions, man, and I'm going to be done, David, man. We really appreciate your time, man, uh, especially on the Monday night. Uh, Since you were talking about your Clippers, and we've talked about how just a hell of a job Doc Rivers did this season with that group. Uh, Let me ask you this. Do you think him being having his uh, authority to kind of run operations and I think he was kind of just making all basketball decisions as far as draft picks and having input as trade on trades. Do you think him having uh, that taken away from him and having him available to focus more on coaching actually helped the Clippers this season uh, rather than him having so many duties? Yeah, I think it's it's helped huge because uh, if you've seen in the past, guys with all those responsibilities just don't do that well. We saw the same thing with uh, Stan Van Gundy in Detroit when he 
when he had both titles and you know things didn't really work out for him out there. And then uh and then now Doc uh Steve Ballmer, man, what an incredible job he's doing. Brought in Jerry West as a consultant. Uh we have Michael Winger in the front office, and then you have Lawrence Frank as well. So you have a lot of great basketball minds out there. And you know, Doc focusing just on coaching, that's helped him tremendously because you could tell you could tell from his speeches and from the way he talks to players, he's a real people guy and he's a real motivator. And I think that Doc being able to just focus on motivating his guys and just really coaching and developing his guys is, is huge to the Clippers' success, especially when he's able to have a roster around him of guys like Pat Beverly, um, like once again, Harold, um, Lou Will, like all these guys, you could, you could tell they believe in him. And that's huge. When you're coaching, if you have a group of guys that believes in you, that's going to, that definitely hard. That's when they say hard work beats talent. That's, that's definitely the epitome of that right there. Good deal. And my last question, man, before we get out of here, I got to get back to college basketball, man. Um, Andy Enfield at USC, you just got through talking about their recruiting class. We all know him from, uh, Florida Gulf coast before he got that USC job. Um, He's made two NCAA tournaments in six seasons. He has a top three recruiting class coming in uh, this upcoming season. Is this a must-win season for Andy Enfield? If he doesn't win with this recruiting class, uh, will he be on the hot seat and could we eventually see him get the exit at USC? How big of this, how big of a season this is coming up for him? only make it two NCAA tournaments in the last six seasons having a top three recruiting class coming in. Yeah, um, I think it's win or bust for him this season. Uh, definitely came in with huge expectations when they brought him in from Florida Gulf Coast and they were just running and throwing lobs all game. Um, definitely everyone ex- expected to see that kind of play out here. And unfortunately for him, it hasn't quite turned out that way. Um, he's He's had some really, really deep teams. Uh, you have several guys either in the NBA or G League from the last couple of seasons, like uh, uh, what's his name, point guard Jordan McLaughlin. You had him last year. You had uh, Chimezi Matu. Um, definitely have a lot of talent on these rosters, but Did he like coach we Norman said Powell? earlier, what's that? Did he coach Norman Powell with the Raptors? No, uh, Norman Powell, I believe, was at UCLA, right? Yeah, Norman Powell. No, Norman Powell played at uh, UCLA out of when he came out of San Diego. Okay. Um, but he did have uh, well, so yeah, he had uh, DeAnthony Melton, who was with uh, the Suns this last season. Um, yeah, you definitely. If all these guys are in the NBA, then you know the talent is there. And then uh, this last season, we saw the falling out with Kevin Porter, who's definitely going to be a lottery pick, top 10 of, top 10 in my opinion. Um, yeah, that doesn't look good when you have so much talent coming in on paper and then you have guys uh, just transferring out left and right or just bolting. So, you know, this, with this next class coming in, you have, you arguably to the, t- you arguably have the two top players, the two top big men from uh, California, along with the uh, city section player of the year and Ethan Anderson. So I don't, I don't know if you could give him any more excuses after that. 
Yeah, if he gets an excuse, it'll only be because Evan Mobley's a junior. <laughs> All right, Josh, we're gonna pass it back over to you, man. You wanna close it on out? <laughs> yes, sir, man. And uh David, man, we definitely appreciate you for joining us on the Deliberation Sports Podcast as always, man. And uh go ahead and uh tell the people just real quick um about Baller T V and um some of the stuff you got coming up before we, before we let you go. Hey David, also yeah. give your give your give your social media handle Sue. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. You guys can follow me on Twitter at uh, DV3 and two underscores, DV3 underscore underscore. And you guys can also follow me on Instagram at David Bong underscore D-A-V-I-D-V-U-O-N-G underscore. Yeah, follow me on there. And then, uh, like we said earlier, the the Slam and Jam podcast is coming out in a couple weeks. It's going to be YouTube.com slash David Bong podcast. Yeah, so yeah. Follow me on all the social media platforms, guys. And then, um, yeah, just to uh, just recap and put it out there, my opinions don't reflect any of their investors or the owners of Baller TV. These are solely my statements and my opinions. But, man, um, Baller TV uh, doing it huge this year. Um, started out covering about, like, 40,000, 50,000 games last year. This year we're doing 100, covering 150,000 games. Um, we're connecting – parents connecting athletes connecting coaches to our footage so you know a lot of times people can't make these games so what we're doing is live streaming the games also putting them on a server so that you could watch it live from home um if you want to check out how you did in last night's game you could watch it later and then we're not only offering a service for these parents but this footage is also being used by coaches as well. Um, coaches are able to watch these games, scout the teams they're playing. They're able to see how the style of play is with other players. And then not only that, college coaches, they're using this film to recruit kids. So sometimes when you know it's not live period and a coach can't be at the game, a lot of these coaches, you know, they could actually use baller TV to actually just be in the comfort of their office and just watch their games on there. All right, all right, David, man. Like I said, man, we appreciate you for coming on with us. And I definitely uh, got to do it again soon, my man. Amazing stuff, hey, David. Amazing stuff. Thank you. Hey, Deliberation Sports, I definitely appreciate the time here. Definitely appreciate the time here and love to chop it up with you guys again. Oh, man, we're going to have you back on for sure. Sounds like a plan, fellas. All right. Thank you, David. Thank you. All right. That's it, man. So that was uh, David Vaughn, Baller TV. Guys, um, how y'all feeling about uh, about that interview? Unbelievable. Uh, for, for that to be our, our first true uh, Los Angeles West Coast interview, David, uh, man, he was he was better than I thought. He he kind of went into a lot of stuff. He talked about a lot of prospects. Uh, he's got some, a wealth of knowledge about the West Coast that uh, we're really gonna tap into. So I, I'm sure we're gonna have him him back on. Uh, Evan, what you think? I thought it was great. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Deliberation Sports Podcast. I know we talk about a lot of local Memphis stuff, but um, we have college coaches from around the country who's come on. Uh, fans who are new to the podcast, you can check out the archives. They're there. And uh, David just brings another uh, 
another area uh, that we're that we're covering. And West Coast basketball, I mean, USC is going to be a top ten preseason basketball team. Uh, he just previewed the entire recruiting class for you. That's going to be a team to watch because uh, Andy Enfield is going to have to win, or he will be fired. Uh, that's just dead on that. Uh, you have the number one player in the country. People in Memphis know about how that feel because we pumped up James Wiseman for two years straight. Uh, they have Evan Mobley, who went toe-to-toe with James Wiseman uh, in West Memphis this season. And California team actually came here and beat uh, Memphis East. So I think it was a hell of an interview. Baller TV uh, is, is a great brand. Uh, my team actually was uh, on Baller TV this weekend. Uh, it's, it's an opportunity to expose a lot of young players, uh, give them great exposure to college coaches. So I think guys like David is needed in the grassroots programs right now, man, because they're actually into helping guys. And you can hear the wealth of knowledge he has about these young athletes, man. He's definitely uh, well-connected, man. That was a great get uh, by Justice, man. We got to have him on again. Josh? Yeah, man, I agree 100%, man. Wealth of knowledge about, you know, not just AAU scene, but just recruiting in general, the the players themselves, the coaches. I mean, there's so many ways. I think there's so many things we could have gotten into that we didn't uh, that we can get into the next time he comes home, man. So outstanding stuff. Uh, he could talk about anything. He's a Clippers fan as well. So, you know, <laughs> That's uh, that's yeah, pretty cool. Negative about him. He was a Clipper fan, though. <laughs> <laughs> there was a time when the when the rivalry was so intense, and now it's kind of died off with Chris Paul and yeah. different guys that you love to hate believing. It's like I I don't even hate that Clippers team anymore, and they used exactly. to be a team I really I really despise. Uh, yeah, I think maybe it's because they got a kid from Memphis by the by the name of Lou Williams. I know a lot of people claim him as being Atlanta, but he but he was born in Memphis, Memphis. and he lived there. He lived there for 12 years, so I know some people that know him and went to elementary school with Lou Williams. Uh, and then Pat Beverly, I mean, the goon himself. It's interesting Man. enough that the two people who caused Kevin Durant the most uh, trouble in a playoff series were shorter guys that so happened to be from Chicago. And Pat Beverly <laughs> and Tony Allen both fit into that equation. That's I think right. If there's a recipe to beating the Warriors, I think teams need to go out and get more goons that are from Chicago. <laughs> That's right. That's right. The Chicago plenty of goons, man. The Chicago Memphis connects with TA. I mean, you just had a, a crazy uh, cocktail, man, just getting getting KD shorts, essentially, uh, in, in that series. That's going to do it for this edition of the Liberation Sports Podcast. Uh, man, we definitely appreciate y'all for checking us out and listening. Uh, be sure you subscribe um, and give us a rating as well as uh, some feedback on the podcast. What do you think um, about the show? Uh, Justice Man, let the people know how they can follow us real quick. They can follow us on Twitter at Deliberation SP1, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Deliberation Sports Podcast. We also had a Facebook group deliberation sports community also uh, be sure to subscribe to the deliberation sports podcast via apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, anchor and spotify just look for deliberation sports podcast that's it that's it man so without any further ado we appreciate it and until next time the deliberation sports crew is out <laughs> <laughs>